Do you want to be inspired by other brilliant business owners? Find out how and why they set their brilliant businesses up. Discover some of the triumphs and struggles they face along the way. If so, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Brilliant Businesses Podcast. We interview business owners to find out their story and journey as to how they set their businesses up. We believe that story is an important way of making their businesses shine, and we share those stories on this podcast. Keep building those brilliant businesses. So good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a Brilliant Businesses podcast. My name's Nick Bryant, and I'm very privileged to be back in the Lock Associates offices today, and I'm with Pam Lock. Hi, Pam. Hi there. Good to see you again. Um, so today, the topic we're going to talk about is managing bereavement in the workplace. Um, there's a lot of topics around that, which we're going to go through, but let, let's start it off, Pam. Let's, let's start the discussion about that. Well, I'm glad we're talking about it, because I think a lot of people don't talk about bereavement. Yeah. Obviously, with the recent events involving a lo- the loss of a queen, I think it's, it's led to a lot more people talking about, actually, let's talk about things like that in the workplace. Yeah. So, I mean, it is important, because obviously, it is likely to affect all of us. Um, and quite often, it unfortunately, is, is somebody who's quite close. Mm. And quite a lot of people don't realise that actually law has changed recently. Okay. So um, what's been introduced is a right to have some reasonable time off to deal with the bereavement um, of a dependent usually. So it's somebody quite close to you, obviously, or somebody that's dependent on you. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's important that employers are aware of that because they have, you know, I'd like to think that most employers accommodate you know, somebody's request or are immediately introducing, you know, compassionate leave. But actually, it's amazing how many employers might not have a policy in place mm. and sometimes deal with it in a, a pretty clumsy way because they're just not sure how to deal with it. So, first of all, they have to be aware of the right to reasonable time off. Yeah. Um, but also, what's even better is having a policy in place. So you've got a bereavement policy, and, and that's certainly something the law would encourage you to do. Yeah. Um, but also thinking about whether there's other forms of compassionate leave that you want to cover off. Because most employees tend to look at handbooks nowadays, yeah. look to see what your policy is, and actually makes your life easier as well. Yeah. Because then you're not having to get questions about it. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure they don't do it intentionally, but they're probably just, just a bit confused and not really sure the right thing to say or to do or to appro- how to approach it the right way. So that, that solves those problems, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I think that's just a general thing you find with some mm. uh, managers having these difficult conversations, they're not quite sure how to approach it. Mm. So we offer a, a nip it in the bud training course, which is designed to try and help managers have the, the skills to be able to have those conversations and yeah. not run away from it. And Because the other thing is, is people get confused, as you say, if somebody's not wanting to engage with you about it or they're trying to avoid the topic, it then introduces this sort of paranoia about why they're not why are they not sort of talking to me about yeah. it so it's it can be a sort of a, it can work against you by not actually talking to people but mm. but i can understand why you might be reluctant to engage in the conversation yeah the nervousness of it um so what are the rules i mean should we go through them i mean what what how, how, every every case is different i guess is it? well that's the thing yeah. unfortunately i mean we we do have this right to what we call reasonable time off for dependence so mm. Um, you could decide whether you want to pay for that or not, but at the okay. moment it's not it's not a right to be paid for it. Mm. Um, but it, it does mean that you've got to determine what is reasonable. And of course that means it's back into the court of the uh, employer to, to decide. Mm. So, I mean, I, was, I mean, most businesses will have policies if they've got a policy on bereavement or compassionate leave. And they'll usually allow about five days off if it's, if it's a close relation. So okay. a husband or a wife or a child. 
But, you know, I've had situations where I had an employer allowed somebody to be off for over a year. Wow. Paid leave. Okay. Now, that's not necessarily the right thing to do because actually some people need to get back into a routine. Um, and actually sometimes it's better. So in that scenario, they actually didn't engage with them at all and just left them. Right. And actually that's not a good idea because no. actually that can create an isolation and a distance and cause more problems. Mm. But of course, if you've got somebody who loses um, a partner um, or, you know, a member of the close member of their family, they might also be quite unwell because they might suffer from what's called reactive depression. Right. Or possibly some other form of anxiety. Mm. So it may well be that you might have someone who has time off because you've allowed them time off, but they might actually need more time off because they're not well. So again, it's managing that effectively, mm. talking to the person, trying to see what support you can put in place. Mm. I mean, quite a lot of employers now have um, employee assistance programs, right. which are, are very cost effective. They're not, they don't cost a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, we encourage our clients to speak to us about putting them in place because they are really critical at these times because what it offers is a free counselling service okay. to help someone that's having difficulty, you know, yeah. when they've lost a, a close one. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, um, what we were saying earlier is, is a lot of employers actually also presume that they won't want to come back to work, which is the the wrong thing to presume because people want to continue with their lives, don't they? Absolutely. But yeah. you hit it on the you know, nail on the head. Mm. It's all of a case-by-case basis because we're all yeah. different in the ways we approach bereavement. Mm. You know, I mean, I know when I lost my mum, uh, and that was 15 years ago, yeah. my reaction was very different to other members of the family. Right. Because, you know, even within a family, you don't all react the same way. Yeah. So I think as an employer, you need to talk. And that's why it's important that you've got managers that are able to discuss these sort of subjects with mm. um, their, their staff so that they can understand what they're looking for. But also you can then manage workloads and, and understand how long somebody might need off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, backing off and not talking about it actually is not the right thing. Yeah. It's having the ability to be in tune and understand, be sensitive to the issues that mm. are, are surrounding the person. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's a... It's topical, but it's it's something that's always topical, isn't it? It's always got to be something on 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 employers' minds and how to get that correct and get that the right way. Have you? Um, you said you did a webinar. Have you done a webinar on this topic uh, earlier this week or? Well, this week no, we were talking oh. about hybrid working because oh, that's you? still right. a problem. <laughs> okay. Um, and how do people, you know, manage remote working now? Um, mm. and and the the challenges. Um, that it presents because we've now got this sort of, we've got this combination now with some people that are working more at home, other people are going into the office, some of them going in full time. How do we deal with that? And, yeah. uh, you know, you've got this homework and shaming that's going on in some places where people in the office are sort of thinking people at home are slacking. Yeah. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot of different, um, it's interesting. Obviously, we had COVID. We, you know, whoever could work from home worked from home. So everyone was in the same situation. We're now in a different scenario. Yeah. And we have lots and lots of things that are bubbling around, like, you know, how do you pay for somebody coming into the office? If they've got, have they got two places of work? Because um, that may mean that they can't get, uh, you know, paid expenses yeah. for, for, for traveling to the office, even if they work at home. So there's a lot of different elements now that are coming into play that really have just come as a result of, yeah. of the the change in dynamics in the workplace. And every every contract's got to be different, isn't it? Because everyone's need is different and everyone's, you know, working. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, again, it all comes back down to communication. Yeah. You've got to talk to your staff. And I mean, you know, there are some employees that are resistant to going back to work in the office. Okay. Now, yeah. You know, you might legally you might be obliged to allow somebody to work from home if they've got a disability and it's a reasonable adjustment to work from home because that's what you're legally obliged to do if somebody's got a disability. Mm. So first of all, it's ascertaining, are we dealing with somebody that's got a disability 
what do they what do they want to do what would help them you know be able to continue doing their work and that might well be working from home but then there's other people that are just resistant because they either quite like working at home yeah or they don't want to be working with other people i mean yeah we certainly come across that it's just really they're antisocial. Yeah. it's not because they've got any other issue yeah. um and and that might well work for the organization but if it doesn't it's then how do you manage that mm. and, and that's always that's the challenges that we're now facing mm. i expect some people say by going back into the office they become less productive than they were when they were working from home and things like that absolutely yeah, yeah. that's that's one argument that's getting put forward and of mm. course now with the energy prices um, and the challenges that are facing us with cost increases um, quite a lot of employees are now thinking right actually is it more cost effective for me to travel to the office yeah. work in the office rather than put my heating on all day yeah, right. and then you've also got employees that are saying well actually if I'm working from home and my energy prices have increased then you need to pay for my energy costs that have increased and that's now introducing a whole new dimension to this because obviously it doesn't necessarily follow because you're working from home that your employer has to pay but they may have to yeah and again that goes back down to the law so Mm. i think employment lawyers are going to be busy (laughs) yeah definitely trying to sort of work our way through these things and you know obviously the energy crisis affects the businesses as well Mm. so you know there's not necessarily um you know the wherewithal within their funds to be able to sort of finance all this so um yeah, it's a, it's, it's a worrying winter ahead, yeah. but in, in a number of different ways. It's a minefield, isn't it? Of all the different um, pros and cons for the, the employers, um, we could go through loads of them. Um, but uh, uh, I'm sure there's a way, f- way through it all for, for all of them, and I'm, and I'm sure you can sort that out for them. We can, yeah, we can certainly help. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, yeah, again, you know, it's talking to your employees, mm. making sure you understand, but also letting them understand, you know, it's a... At the end of the day, it's a relationship that needs to work. Yeah. Um, because if, if one person's unhappy, it isn't going to work. So it's trying to get to that situation. And some of it may involve a bit of compromise. Yeah. But sometimes it's just about talking through the issues. So, you know, I keep on coming back to communication. Communication. Is absolutely yeah. critical. Yeah, yeah. Which is where your your HR side comes in as well, um, as, as well as the, as the legal side. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we find is we've got, you know, businesses where actually – you know, the people that are running the business are brilliant at running the business, but, but actually they need the HR specialists to actually come in and talk to their staff, yeah. do staff engagement surveys, understand how their staff are feeling, mm. manage situations, have those difficult conversations. And they're brilliant at that. That's what they do. Yeah. That's their day job. Yeah. So let them do that for you and you just crack on with running your business and, yeah. and, and you know, generating income and, and uh, you know, growing it as best you can. Doing what they do best. Yeah. Absolutely. And outsourcing to the, to the professionals, of yeah. course, which is which is the right way to go. Um, I think uh, they're really topical things at the moment, aren't they, both of those, aren't they both of those things, managing bereavement and also the hybrid working. Um, so if anyone's got any, any, any questions about that, then obviously they can talk to Pam um, and, um, and, and I'm sure you'll be able to help them. What else has been going on in the week, Pam? What, what's, what's, what's been taking up your time recently? What's been taking up my time? <laughs> well, unfortunately, redundancies. Okay. Yeah, we've, yeah. Seen quite a lot, we've seen quite a lot of businesses that are now, obviously because of, you know, they're looking at the, pr- the pricing and mm. the costs and they're thinking, right, actually, what does the future hold? So, yeah, there's quite a few businesses are, are sort of looking ahead and thinking, right, actually, how do we structure the business yeah. that's fit for purpose moving forward? Yeah. So not necessarily massive redundancies, but maybe some smaller scale sort of restructuring so yeah. that they're, they're, in the, they're in the right shape. Mm. So that's one thing. And then the other thing that I've been talking about is, um, unfortunately, another topic that's not a particularly happy one, but it's mm. going to affect one in two of us, which is cancer. Yeah. Because one of the things that's become apparent is we've got, 
the good thing is we have a large number of people that could be diagnosed early and actually yes. survive cancer. Yes. Um, so, you know, but we still got a group of people that unfortunately may not have been diagnosed early enough, partly because of COVID and mm. unfortunately not being able to get appointments, etc. Mm. And And some of them are going to, you know, are not going to survive. And, and that's a challenge for employers, mm. um, you know, and on a personal level, I, I you know, I'm, I'm going through that, you know, with some family members and, and colleagues myself. Yeah. And I think it's really important to talk about it as well, because actually that's another subject that we run away from. Yeah. And it's important because legally, again, cancer is deemed to be a disability. Um, so you do then have these obligations to make reasonable adjustments. Mm. It's also important not to make assumptions because a lot of people think that if you get cancer, that's it, you can't work. Well, of course, that's not true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, there are many people with cancer that want to continue working and actually it's really good for them to continue working mm. for their own positive uh, mindset and, and, and well-being. Mm. But equally, if they can't work, it's how do you deal with the situation? And the other thing is, is it's not just the person that's got cancer that you yeah. need to think about. You know, you've got employees who are possibly team colleagues that actually may be affected. So how do you manage that? But also you might have people that is partners uh, and, and it's their, um, you know, they're, they're affected by it as well. Mm. So it's, mm. it's quite, um, I think it's a challenging time for employers because I think there's a lot of things coming at them yeah. and it's, it's thinking about actually being more open about these things and how do you have, you know, a process in place for people to feel like they can talk about it. Yeah. And also making sure staff and your managers are aware because picking up vibes when somebody's maybe somebody's struggling yeah. needs a bit more time off because actually maybe they came back to work too early after maybe some chemo mm. or maybe the chemo's affected them in a way. But also understanding how it affects other people, not those that are suffering from cancer, but actually affected by yeah. it. Goes back to what you said before, isn't it? It's communication, um, big time. Um, so, but also a point you made earlier is some employers are, are great at being an employer and great at what the profession they do, but they're not great at doing what the things you were just saying, as in, you know, bringing someone to the office, sitting them down and saying, you know, you know, what, how are you feeling? Can I help you with that? Which, um, which means that, uh, is that that's an off, a service that you offer? You know, putting someone yeah. in that almost like a mediator for them. Yeah, well, we do. Sit. It's it's. I mean, I think we call. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that we did really well during COVID was we probably learned to do more check-ins and what we call welfare check-ins. Okay, yeah. that sort of dropped away. That's actually what we need to do. And I mm. think sometimes managers are too busy to do that. And actually, maybe they're not the right people to do it. So we've got um, staff, um, you know, HR consultants who are trained. Um, some of them have got a medical background as well. They can have those conversations, those check-ins, just to make sure everybody's doing all yeah. right. Particularly if they're working at home and you don't see them all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got a service where we can actually step into the shoes of the employer and actually have that conversation. And people open up because they actually, first of all, sometimes you, you don't want to talk to your man. It's about impartial a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a sort of feels like it's somebody, it's a third party mm. you can just talk to. Um, and also then they know the, the sort of, you know, quite a few of them are mental health first aid trained as well. So yeah. they can signpost and send people to the right place. Um, but they can also reassure them. Sometimes people just want to offload. Oh, yeah, right. You just yeah, need someone to listen to them. You just want to share. Yeah. Mm. And and sometimes, actually, maybe it's not the right thing to share with your manager. <laughs> yeah, true. You yeah. know, but I think <laughs> I think it's I think it's important to think about actually, as I said earlier, where are you, where, what are you best at doing? Yeah. Focus your attention on that and don't try and sort of maybe dabble in something because actually you could cause more damage by True. doing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Let, you know, let us take over and step in and yeah. help you. If they deal with the wrong emotions, it could have the opposite effect, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, they're great topics, um, Pam. So thank you again. Um, all of those things, it's great to talk about. And, and, and once again, another good podcast. And um, But if anyone needs to talk to Pam about these things or anyone at Lock Associates, then all the details are on this on this podcast. And we'll see you in a, for another podcast soon. Thank you. Thanks, Nick. Cheers, Pam.